Welcome to the C3 Oxford Falls podcast. For more information about our church, please visit myc3church.net. Wherever you are listening from right now, get ready to receive as God has a word just for you. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about gratitude today and being grateful. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for my life, for my family, for this great church, for you. I'm grateful for many of you in the room. Not all of you. No, that's not true. I'm grateful for all of you in the room. Absolutely. I'm grateful for great friends of ours like the Legrecas and the Karotzes. They're amazing. It's good to have Pastor Nick back after his break. And uh, I'm grateful for that because I feel like things are just safe again, which is wonderful. No, not really. Now we have an amazing team. But uh, I'm, I'm grateful for many, many, many of you in this room. Dearly grateful for you. And uh, I'm grateful for Joey Dutch, who just does a phenomenal job every single week. And uh, on a fortnight, he's on our altar core team and he's so diligent with caring for people coming into our church and looking after people. And uh, I'm grateful for Pastor Rich and Kate Forsyth because they are just incredible. They had their final uh, healing service for the year, I think last week, was it, or the week before? And they've seen so many people just get touched and healed. And the way they pastor people and stand with people, we are just so grateful. Who's grateful for the Forsyths, huh? We are just so grateful for you. I'm grateful for Pastor Mark Kelsey, who is just an absolute legend. An absolute hero of ours, and uh, you and, and Bernie, and, and your wonderful family, and all that you're doing. And uh, we love Andy Bennett and Irina. Come on, it's so good to have you here. If you don't know Andy, Andy's been part of Pastor Jurgen's team in, in San Diego for many, many years, probably 10 plus years now, yeah? And, but Andy was my first Connect Group leader. And Andy gave me my first preaching opportunity after uh, in our Sunday morning youth, after running our youth games for some time, and all of our games were certainly not work, health, and safety cleared. We're sorry, Mr. Grice. They were absolutely terrible, but, but we've moved on, people. Don't worry, your kids are in good hands. But, but he just believed in me and saw something in me and just called something out of me, and I'm just so grateful for you, Andy. So can we just thank Andy Bennett? He is just an absolute phenomenal pastor, leader, worship leader. And we love you, man. We're so glad you're here. But I am. I'm just so grateful, if you didn't know. And part of that reason is because I've been preparing this word on gratitude. And the more I think about it, the more grateful I get of just how good God is. And, and it's so important that we, we capture this truth in our life. Um, not just, but it's really a truth that whether you believe in God or know God or not will bless you. Uh, there is so much research out there in terms of the power of, of living a grateful life with a grateful perspective. But, but as believers, it's, it's even more crucial because, because it dips into a word I would call purpose. It, it goes beyond something that is just a nice idea or something that can be helpful to something that is at the core of our faith, that it is the core of our purpose, that, that, that God has given all, and, and really, Christmas is, is a time where this is brought into stark reality that God truly gave all, unreservedly, giving everything. He, he's unreserved, unlimited, nothing held back love by coming and wrapping Himself in flesh to dwell among us, to bring life and hope and peace and, and, and redemption and, and relationship back with our Heavenly Father. He gave everything. 
And, and the world's response matters. And our response as believers matters. Because that's where we get caught up in our purpose here today. And I, and I want to open with this scripture here, and then we're going to get into it. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The amount of people in pastoring people, in just mentoring and talking to people, in discipling people, trying to find out the will of God. What's God's will for my world? That's, your, that's God's will. That, that we would be so aware that, that, honestly, if God did nothing else, all that we've received in Christ is enough, and that we would get caught up in this will. Stay with me, Lukey. You're fine. I love their hair, by the way. Come on, give it up for Luke Clark. He's amazing. That, that, we would, that we would recognize and get caught up in this overflow of praise to Him. That, that, we, would be, that we would recognize all that He's given to us and, and, and receive it, truly receive it within our hearts. And then all that is left to do is constantly have our mind blown that God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Creator of you and I, cared and loved so much for us that He came to us. That should blow our minds. We should be constantly being blown away and all that is left to do is to rejoice. And when you rejoice, you can't help but fall on your knees in prayer. Prayer is not some discipline that you need to get right in your life and because God wants you to pray. When you honestly understand what God has given you, you can't help but want to connect with Him. And then the way that you approach that prayer, when you're truly aware of all that God has done, you can't help but come from this thankful and grateful heart. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks to God. You know, um, we, we've been unpacking this series over the last two weeks. Who's loved that mini-series that we did, that you are loved, you are known, and understanding what it means for Christ to come to us and the fact that we are loved. And, and I love that, that, that we are loved, that He has loved us with an everlasting love revealed to us through Christ, that, that you are known. I mean, Pastor Mark Saundercock brought such a great message last week on the fact that we are known. It was awesome. Come on, give Saundy a hand. It was so good. But the infinite God has infinite thoughts about you. That each and every one of you, He counts the hairs of head, the hairs of your head. And if you don't have any hair on your head, He counts your eyebrows or something. But, but He knows. He knows you. You're known. Not collectively like, yeah, He knows people. No, no, He knows you. And so again, when we consider this, that we are loved by God, that we are known by God, all that is left to do is to be grateful and praise Him. I, I was looking um, at the responses of people at the time of Christ, when Christ was on the earth, when He was walking, and how people would respond. And often it was the religious crowd, the, the crowd that had grown up knowing the Bible, knowing God, and should be if by any, in, in any way the people that should be most blown away that the Messiah is here. But they were the least impressed. 
that were the most unimpressed. The people that truly received and then responded were those that were just blown away that a God would care about them. I think of these shepherds who were just tending fields. Shepherds, just dudes, like not really doing anything that important in terms of when we think of the lofty high things like roles and positions, they were just looking after sheep, but angels chose them. And, and, and they're so blown away, kind of probably because there's an angel and it's scary, but at the same time, they're just overwhelmed. And it says, when they came and they saw Jesus, they went away praising and telling people, you got to know this. This is so cool. This, this little, little baby Jesus, this is God with us. It's amazing. And then, and then I think of the wise men who come in and these guys are, these guys are kings. They're royalty. They're, they're used to having people wait on them and they come in and they see this child and they are caught up in the revelation of what this means. And it says they fall on their knees and they open gifts and they just cannot help. I, I think of this woman that, that is called the, the sinner. The woman who is the sinner in, in, in Luke chapter 7, and, and it's not that she's a sinner and no one else is. Everyone's a sinner. But they call her that because it's kind of highlighting the fact of how society had seen this woman and the things that she'd been caught up in and, and, she, and the way that she saw herself, that she wasn't worthy to do anything or be anywhere near Jesus. And, and she's so overwhelmed with gratitude for God. She's overwhelmed with the grateful heart of what she's received in Him, that she goes into the house of a Pharisee, a man that completely is missing who this man in the room is. And she comes in to anoint his feet with oil, expensive perfume. And before she even gets there, she falls on her knees and begins to weep. And she weeps all over his feet. And she doesn't know what to do. She, she's got no cloth with her. And so she does something inconceivable in Middle Eastern cultures. She takes down her hair. And with that hair that's, that's not meant to be seen around men, she uses it to, to wipe up the tears of her Messiah. And then she takes this oil and she anoints and she anoints and she kisses the feet of Jesus, weeping, kissing, anointing. It blows my mind that we can come every week. We can sit in church and glorify God and whether our hearts are here or not, whether our minds are here or not, His goodness remains the same again and again and again. His faithfulness remains true again and again and again. And, and we have to be so careful to guard this culture in our life because we are caught up in a world that is cynical and tries to shut people down and shut people up and tries to push down excitement and, and, and elevate negativity because negativity sells. But I've got to tell you, if we can rise in gratitude, you'll find your purpose. I, I, think, I think of this crowd that as Jesus is coming in to Jerusalem, He's getting ready to give His life and to, to give all. And in His mind and His heart, He's resolved. He's scared. He's nervous. He's anxious, which in itself is a huge thought that God brought himself to that place so that he can empathize with our weaknesses and our own fears and struggles. But, but he steps into this place fully prepared. And the crowd, they don't know fully what's going to happen, but they can see and sense something. And it says this in Luke 19, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. 
When he had reached the place where the road started down to the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven in glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees, again, this religious crowd among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers from saying things like this. He replied, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. I got to tell you, your purpose is to praise God. And as long as you stay silent in that purpose, you will never fully receive what God has done for you. But when you get caught up, in your purpose to cry out to God. We get caught up, not in a temporal purpose, not in something that just comes and goes, not in something that's a good idea now because Jonesy's singing so well or Danny's really hitting that point. No, it's something that we get caught up in because it is an eternal purpose that has been going beyond before time began. It is the purpose that will end in Revelations when the kings throw their crowns at the feet of Jesus and say, holy, holy, holy. And I'm not going to let a rock, I'm not going to let the rest of creation get caught up in glorifying my King when my purpose is to lift my hands and praise God. Would you give God some praise in this place? Oh, we worship you. Yes, God, we worship you. He's worthy. We are created to praise, to be unlocked in our gratitude for the Lord and the things He's blessed us with. And when gratitude stops flowing out of our lives, we become closed off to the wonder and possibilities that are around us. When when gratitude stops flowing out of your life, you will become closed off to any potential that God has in store for you. You won't see it. And And then we won't see We become loose side of all the good things, all that he's doing. And we begin to see things in a cynical light. And again, there is there is there is something in this world that wants everyone to see in this cynical, jaded view. And as soon as the church stops being grateful and declaring and starts to fall along that path, we're in danger. But for us to keep praising the king and pushing off that cynical thing. We stop appreciating, experiencing, and being content with all the blessings already available to us. We're blessed. For goodness sake, we live in Australia. You live in the northern beaches in Australia. You're not getting it. You are blessed. Look, at, look, look, look to your left. If there's a seat empty next to you, don't, don't look there. Just look at me. Look to your right. You're not alone. You're not alone. You got all the friends you need. It's here. You're blessed. And I gotta tell you, I'm 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 so grateful for Pastor Phil and Chris. I am so grateful for our pastors. 
And, and Pastor Phil sends his love and his greetings to you. He was with us in our chapel service this morning with Pastor Chris and, and, and Pastor Joe and Christine Pringle. Pastor, there's two Pastor Christine Pringles in the family now, which is phenomenal. Pastor Joe Pringle is going to be preaching next Sunday. I'm so pumped to have him with us. He's going to absolutely bring it. It'll be amazing. And I am. I'm so blessed for where they've brought us, what they've established. But I got to tell you, it's only going to get better. I'm telling you, it's only gonna get better. If you think now is good, oh, once you start getting caught up in the praise of God, you begin to get to see into the future of what God has installed. You have no idea. Eye has not seen, mind has not conceived the goodness of God that He has in store for this church and this location. I'm telling you, God is gonna do a new thing through us. If we can see it. And, and part of seeing it is seeing it before we've seen it. And part of seeing it before we've seen it is getting caught up in praise and thanking God. I was reading this article um, from this uh, psychologist in, uh, in the States. Her name's Nancy Darling, which is a phenomenal name. And uh, it says, one of the most robust findings, meaning one of the most, the findings that they could say, hey, we've done a lot of research in this, and this is what keeps surfacing in our research as a common theme within the field of positive psychology is on the benefits of gratitude. It helps stave off depression, evokes positive emotions in others, and increases well-being. Gratitude repels negativity. It repels any, that, that feeling of greed and self-centeredness that ultimately just brings us down. i got to tell you, if you want to get depressed, just spend some time in here. <laughs> Literally in my one. No. I, I'm a reasonably analytical brother. I'm pretty introverted. I'm pretty, I like to think. That doesn't always help me. Sometimes I get thinking about things and I start to overthink things. I mean, even me saying, hey, things can get better. We're going to see that some of you are like, ooh, because you're here. And the trick is, is it's not that God doesn't want you to consider and think, but, but there is a higher purpose than that. It's getting caught up in faith that gets me out of here into here, which comes through this. And all of a sudden, I get a fresh perspective. And, and I'm telling you, as soon as I do it, I feel negativity and depression and anxiety just whoosh, shift. Because there is something powerful about you taking control over that moment and saying, as for me, I'm going to praise God and lifting your hands and giving Him praise. It will repel that thing. And gratitude comes easily when we consider not just what has been brought to us, but who we can be grateful for. That we can be grateful for Him. That we can and need to be grateful for us. And we need to be grateful for one another. And that's what we're going to look at for the rest of this time together. That we can be grateful for Him. That we need to be grateful for us. And we need to be grateful for one another. And if you can get that thing happening in your world, you will see life in a whole new way. Dare I say you might start living. Amen. Lukey, thank you. Yeah, Luke. It's good.
Psalms 95, 1 to 8. It says this, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to Him. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. He holds in His hands the depth of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The seas belong to Him, for He made it. His hands formed the dry land too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the flock under His care. If only you would listen to His voice, the Lord says, don't harden your hearts. My first thought for us here today is if you want to break through in your connection with God, stay grateful for Him. If you want to have a breakthrough in your connection with God, stay grateful for Him. This psalm is in reflection of the people of Israel who had a bit of a pattern happening in their world. God would come and deliver them, do these incredible miracles, like millions of people taken out of Egypt, like food provided for millions of people, like things happening, walls falling down, lands conquered, homes returned, kids returned, families returned, breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, but kind of like some meat right now. Oh, it'd be really nice, God, if you could just work this out. In fact, God, why aren't you? In fact, God, are you even good? In fact, man, this whole God thing, I'm not even sure about this. Where's some gold? Let me make an idol. Let's go and worship these gods for a little while. It just blows my mind, human nature, that God can come and do something so ridiculous in your life, and half a year later, three months later, for some of us even two weeks later, maybe even a day later, we go back to, God, when's the next kick happening? Because we lost sight of our purpose and our calling. And man, we love to consume. We do. And we, and we loved, I mean, I was cooking all day yesterday, getting ready for our family feast today. And I was just going, my gosh, there's so much food. I'm trying to lose weight. But we just love to consume. But that's not where you're going to find joy. It's not where you're going to find peace. Because God created you to echo something back to Him. So that when He comes, we truly can be like that person, like in that psalm, that we would fall on our knees and be swept up, and that we wouldn't harden our hearts. Because as soon as you close off and harden your hearts, you become complacent. And you forget to know who God is and you begin to lose sight of all the blessings and all the goodness and all the things that he's already brought into your world. And the mere fact that, that God is in your world. Can I just say, you don't know, if you know Christ, you don't need anything else. Like all sufficiency is in him. Like he is enough. But he's only enough if we praise him and recognize him and are grateful that he's enough. Gratitude is the key to encountering God in a fresh and meaningful way. 
So here's some good thoughts for us, is that we should get grateful for who he is. Before we get grateful for what he's done or what he's going to do, just grateful for who he is. Pastor Phil used to say this all the time, before we seek his hand, just seek his face. Seek him. Jesus said this, this is how you should pray. This is how you should begin your prayers. This is how you should begin your day. This is how you're going to help move through your life. Start here. So this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your name be glorified. May your name be lifted up to get swept up and caught up in who he is, that he's good. I love this psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms, 118.1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is He is, he is, he is good. His faithful love endures. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but man, I'm grateful for that. Like, maybe you're good, but I gotta tell you, his love endures forever. His mercy is new every day. You might not be like me, but I need a lot of mercy and love in my life. And I serve a God who tells me his love's not cut off because I get it wrong. His love doesn't cease because I don't see it fully completely. As long as I keep looking to him, his love endures forever. That's our God. He's good. I'm grateful for that. Is anyone else grateful here this morning for a God who is good? He's good. I'm then grateful for what he's done. And Pastor Richard will tell you this, because he's very wise, that if we lose sight of the cross and and we stop just remembering and being grateful for and appropriating the truth of that in our life, you will miss it. You will lose it. That revelation is so key. It's not a one-off thing. It's a constant thing that we come back to remember and be grateful for and appropriate in our lives. So I'm grateful that first and foremost, he came to us making himself known. You can't know God. You can't. You can't pull out a telescope, dial in, and suddenly, oh, there's God. He's unknowable unless he makes himself known. And, and, and there are millions of people searching on a spiritual journey for something, and he's already come. Made himself completely known. He, he, he came from being unknown to completely known. And then ridiculously completely, completely, completely fully known in Christ. So that now you can know by receiving him. He came to us and made himself known. He died for us, giving us forgiveness, bringing us healing, removing the cause of sin, the curse of sin, sorry, giving us access to the Father and leaving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love this scripture, John 1, 17. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came. Oh, sorry, wrong scripture. That's a good scripture too. But 1 Peter 2. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that, when, that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away. 
but now you have turned to the shepherd, the guardian of your soul. He's good. He rose for us so we can have the hope of eternity. Just say this. Say, I win. Man, you've won. When he rose, because if he, if he died for his cause, well, that's noble. That's awesome. There's a guy that died for the cause, but he rose again. And right there is where we place our hope for eternal life. That he became the first one to be raised to life, to an eternal life, not resuscitated, like the disciples got in there and just, while no one was looking, just completely resurrected into eternal life, never to die again, never to be sick again, never to cause, have pain or fear or doubt again. He is the hope of eternal life. So you win. Because I've got to tell you, we fundamentally believe in the healing power of God. We will always believe in the healing power of God. We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle, cancers going, tumors shrinking, people completely healed, bones healed, legs growing, all of it. God's good and deserves some praise for that. And that's awesome. But I've got to tell you what's more awesome is the fact that we can say, oh, death, where is your sting? Because even if God doesn't heal you, even when you do die, because you will die one day, you will, this life will end, it won't really end, you'll step into your resurrected self into eternal life. I'm grateful because when he rose again, it means that I have eternal life, that I have a hope I can anchor my soul into so that when I'm nervous, when I'm anxious about the future, when I'm anxious about getting sick, when I'm anxious, I can anchor myself in a hope that goes beyond this life into eternity. I'm grateful for Jesus who rose again. He is the hope of our eternal life. He's good. All praises to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 1. It is by His great mercy that you have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectations and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that keeps that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Anyone experiencing some change and decay? Praise the Lord. I said this in our chapel service, it didn't land so well because there are some mature people in our chapel service. And I talked about the fact that I'm noticing some change and decay, and I got booed, people. There was weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're like, you spring chicken, don't even talk to me. But I'm 36, and I know, I know. Oh, get out of your system, people. That's right, that's right. But some of these younger crew can understand the pains of, man, I don't, I'm not as fit as I used to be. And, oh, seriously, this is like, this is not working. You jaded people. Just let me have my moment of whinging. Come on. And, uh, I, I, you know, like, there's some, there's some decay, Nick. I, I just started golf again, and I realized that I can get a little bit better, but the glory days are gone, man. It's like, in fact, I don't really know what to do anymore. Like, 
But there's no decay in heaven. There's no decay but beyond in eternal life. It's finished. That's like almost there. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, okay, sorry. Hear me right, my love, heart for you. But, but this isn't going to cut it. And a golf clap isn't going to cut it. If you want to experience a breakthrough in the connection of your relationship with God, you have to get to a place where something in you shifts to a place of praise. I'm telling you, you have eternal life in Christ. He has come. It's finished. It's done. I'm not trying to G up a crowd. I'm not trying to get you to clap and shout. But I'm telling you, if you want a connection with God like never before, I'd be standing on my feet and lifting my hands to Jesus and give him all the praise and glory because he is worthy of all our praise, regardless of what you might think right now. God is worthy. So God, we praise and we magnify you. He's worthy, 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 worthy. Oh, Jesus, we worship and we praise and we magnify. God, we lift you up. I'm telling you right now, some of you have been sitting down too long in life. Some of you have been switched off in your relationship, God, for too long. Today is the day. Make a decision. Make the switch. Turn to the face to God. Lift your hands to Him. If the rocks are going to cry out, I'm going to cry out to Him. Oh, we worship you. God, we praise you. Oh, God, we worship you. Just lift your hands to God. Some of you, you're way too critical of yourself. You're way too cynical about yourself. You hold on to things and you beat yourself up with it. You constantly compare. You look to other people, what they have. And let me tell you, That comes from you being grateful for who you are. Finding spark in your relationship with one another actually means I'm going to bind and push back that spirit of familiarity and get caught up in the splendor and awesomeness of the people around me. That's really important. But listen, listen, listen. That was the rest of my message. I'm not even going to bother because listen, until we get this, none of that matters. Because the real reason that thing is locked up is because you've lost sight of who he is. And we could just go into Christmas and we'll put on a great service for you. And it'll be awesome and we'll lift our hands and we'll sing these carols. But my encouragement to you is to stop and read those words. Where someone just got so overwhelmed with the glory of God that they would write lyrics like that. That they would be caught up. And when you get caught up in the praise of the King... Everything else in your life begins to find a new perspective. Hey everyone, what a joy it is to bring the Word of God to so many people all around the world every week. And I just love technology for that reason, that we're able to broadcast through television, through podcasts, through social media, and to bring Jesus into people's worlds in all kinds of ways. Obviously, there are costs to that. There are expenses in reaching out and accomplishing this preaching of the gospel. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, how shall I go unless somebody send them? He's talking about the beautifulness of of the preaching of the gospel, how it brings peace and joy into people's worlds. And so 
the people who are sending us into other people's worlds is you and the people of our congregations. And I'd love you to join with them and with us as partners, sending the Gospel throughout all the world through all these means that God has put in our hands. And as we partner together, I know that there will be thousands of people in heaven for eternity because of our efforts together. God has called us to do this and we depend on people to send us and support us in taking the Gospel to the world. I wanna say thank you for standing with us and believing God. I'm praying and asking God to touch you and to bless your seed that you sow so that you'll experience an incredible harvest in your lives in Jesus' Name, Amen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. Hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by using at C3 Oxford Falls. 